This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today, joining me is the host of Basketball Feelings, uh, the writer of the Basketball Feelings newsletter, uh, the Instagram page, Basketball Feelings, which you should definitely check out if you haven't, and so many other things. It's Katie Heindel. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like that's the most like concise way. Yeah, you know, to to do an intro instead Basket. of like listing all <laughs> yes. the places. Basketball, basketball feelings. feelings, your one stop shop. <laughs> yeah, um, I absolutely love basketball feelings. I feel like your Instagram is so it's so funny to me. Like I'm always so thrilled whenever you post something there. Um, but let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, starting off with Steph Curry last night uh is now injured he has a sprained foot ligament and is listed as out indefinitely Mm -hmm. um this was against the boston celtics uh there was a play where him and marcus smart were both diving for the ball and uh steve kerr came out and said it was a dirty play um i don't think anyone agrees with steve kerr on this (laughs) outside of like the the warriors homer uh mm-hmm. fan canon um i don't know if you got a chance to to see the play what your thoughts are on that katie i feel like marcus smart gets pegged a lot he's like a player i really love and i think you really love him until he plays against the team that you're rooting for mm. um and then it become like you become a steve kerr like situation where you're like it's a dirty play um but no i think it looked like they just got tangled up that kind of stuff unfortunately happens Um. (laughs) yeah it reminded me of like when we were facing boston in the playoffs and marcus smart had that very iconic flop where like both his hands in the air and he was like oh like he looked like he was auditioning for like dancing with the stars yeah (laughs) yeah and and we were all like how dare you flop Meanwhile, we have Kyle Lowry, who also flops all the time. He's just not, like, putting as much, like, I don't know what the word. I almost used the word grace, but I think there's another word for it. Just, like, theatrics, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. into his flopping. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like. (laughs) Kyle maybe does a better job selling the flaws. I think so. But we were all like outraged. Like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I feel like it's something like that. And also like the timing for Steph Curry to be injured is obviously really bad as we're nearing the playoffs here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how if, if I have as much to say about that exactly, but 
I think, you know, as far as playoff implications go, I think it's a really big deal. I think, um, I mean, of course, they're in third and they're only one game back from the Grizzlies who are in Mm -hmm. second currently. So, you know, where they land in the standings, it is what it is. But if you're not going to have Steph Curry in the first round, uh, if the playoffs started today, it would be a 3-6 matchup, which would be against the Nuggets. Um, that would be a really tough out for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be tough. And I think just given the season that they've had, you know, and like kind of even how it started when it's like no one really expected them to kind of get off to such a strong start with Clay still out, you know, um, and them kind of being under, I guess, like definitely under strength. Um, the Like the Nuggets, the Nuggets matchup, if that's what it ends up being, that honestly seems like a kryptonite kind of, style matchup for them without Steph, unfortunately. Um, I guess like the silver lining is that Clay, like I think Clay will be in good shape, like good competitive shape by then. You know what I mean? Um, Jordan Poole has been playing super well. Uh, Draymond obviously is Draymond Green. So like they are physical enough. Um, But I think if you lose Steph shooting, who kind of steps up? to fill that spot it's tough it's like the worst time of the season you know to have an injury like this happen but I think about the Cavs like in Jared Allen and I like Mm. some like this does seem to be unfortunately happening uh because I think not everybody's 100% right now um I don't know it kind of sucks because right now I think the Warriors what the Warriors have against them is they are in this a, a bit of like a ticking I don't want to say a time bomb because I don't want to imply they're going to explode, but like they are kind of nearing, (laughs) there is an awareness that there perhaps wasn't last season, the season before Uh, I think of like the longevity of Steph Curry's career, Draymond Clay, like all those guys, especially together, you know what I mean? And, and kind of this idea of like, what's the next iteration of the warriors? You know, what does that team look like? I don't think the warriors have quite figured it out yet. So that sucks. Because I think that awareness is kind of hanging over the team. Um, But also, Mm -hmm. like, the Warriors have pulled out wins with, like, you know what I mean? Like, with worse, much worse odds stacked against them. So I think it sucks. It's, like, really, really bad timing. But I wouldn't, I would never count them out. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I think that's completely fair. Like, at the beginning of the season, I was like, oh, my God, we could be watching one of the greatest sports comebacks mm-hmm. of all time because they looked so good even before clay thompson came back mm-hmm. and then uh and then the draymond injury happened and it was like wow this team although they're still very good looks really rough without them mm-hmm. and then they finally got draymond back and then now steph's out so i mean it's just yeah i think you, you're absolutely right like this era for them is not going to last long. I think they've done an incredible job continuing to build depth around these three. Mm -hmm. Um, They are a really deep team and, you know, there is a world where like they could get out of the first round without Steph. Absolutely. But in terms of like winning a championship, I don't see them going that far, but also he's been listed out indefinitely. So we really don't know how long Mm -hmm. he's out and, uh, 
I was going to say something shady, just something like about how we know they're going to rush him back. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I but like the Warriors are kind of like the Raptors. Uh, they keep all that stuff pretty close, right? Like with, yes. yeah, with like injury and like predicted like kind of timeline and stuff like that, especially with Steph. I don't know that they would rush him. He might want to rush back. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I would say like Steph, and again, I'm not, I am not trying to diminish like the injury. I'm not an expert in that kind of thing. But um, Steph doesn't play such a physical game, you know what I mean? That like mm-hmm. would really require him to like be up close or kind of in the thick of things. So maybe he can come back on like a minutes restriction kind of thing if they're desperate. Remains to be seen how desperate the Warriors become. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. That's very well said. I think they'll you know, for them, I think it'll just be about floor spacing. Like, yeah. will they still be able to space the floor? And will someone emerge to be enough of a shooting threat that they'll feel the need to double team somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. think that's what it's going to really come down to. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is uh, there's been a ton of really high, like 50 plus point uh, scoring nights over the last two weeks by various players. Uh, I have a list here that I'll just go through really quick. Um, so on March 5th, LeBron James scored 56 points against the Warriors. On uh, all, Sorry, that was March 5th. On March 6th, uh, Jason Tatum scored 54 points against the Nets. March 8th, Kyrie Irving, 50 points versus the Hornets. Uh, LeBron again, March 11th, 50 points versus the Wizards. Uh, March 13th, Kevin Durant, 53 points versus the Knicks. Uh, March 14th, Carl Anthony Towns, 60 points versus the Spurs. And March 15th, Kyrie Irving, 60 points versus the Magic. Mm -hmm. I mean, is this is this a trend? I mean, some of those, like, look at the matchups, and I think that, like, that's maybe explanation enough. Um, <laughs> no shade against the magic, the, but, you know, I don't know what you're going to really, what, who do they have to kind of throw out against that Nets team? Well, I, I think, like, one of the crazy things is, is that I feel like the reason why we're not seeing like a like an 80 point, you know, 81 Kobe style game is because like none of these teams are really still in it mm-hmm. at the yeah. end to justify the player to keep playing. <laughs> like, I think that's a part of it where it's just like, oh, this is just a blowout now. Let's yeah, pull exactly. you out early in the fourth. You yeah. have 50 points. You have 60 points. And the other thing I'm like is like, oh, like these teams aren't exactly like the top teams in the league. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're all mm-hmm. kind of hovering in that play in, right? Like the Lakers, mm-hmm. the Nets, uh, the Timberwolves, they're all in that little clump, which is also really interesting to me because I don't know if they're just like, I like, I think I don't, I think LeBron's going for the scoring title. I think people, multiple people have said that at this point. Um, You know, maybe the Nets are trying to fight to get out of the play in. I'm, I think that might be, if you're a Nets fan, that's what you're looking at right now. Um, And maybe even with the Timberwolves till as well, but it's just, it's funny to me. That's like, wow, all these impressive performances, 
by individuals on what are otherwise mediocre teams. <laughs> I mean, for whatever reason, except for the Celtics, because the Celtics yeah. have really found themselves and they're currently fourth in the East. So that's that would be yeah. the only exception. And a few like stuttery kind of start stop situations, I think, for the Nets. Um, yes, but yeah, and like maybe that's just a case of like Kyrie's like feeling pretty pent up and trying to go off where he can play on the road. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like it's a part of me is like, oh, it's just like this kind of it is this weird time of year. Like you mentioned, I definitely think like a lot of those teams hovering around the play in has something to do with it. You know, and this like kind of whether you want to call it a desperation push or just kind of like a last gasp sort of like to make it like to climb up the standings or to like get out of play in contention. That definitely has something to do with it. But this, I feel like this stretch is always when like the weirdest things like that happen. You know, like someone will just go off for like, yeah, 56 like points for no reason on like a Tuesday night. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But that actually maybe that's that's also like very unique to LeBron, who I think still has it in him to just like get extremely angry (laughs) that his team (laughs) is just like doing doing so poorly you know what i mean and yes i think the scoring record that's also a pretty that's also a pretty apt uh observation but i don't know this is it's like you can't be like it's a trend because it is still one of these things where it's like that's still crazy that all of that happened like Mm -hmm. it's such a feat right like just for like feats to kind of happen night after night the worst part is when we're like oh yeah like another (laughs) you know like i'm I'm already complacent yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm used to this like Kyrie, you only scored 25 points. Yeah. Mm, not impressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think um just the whole play in I think has a lot to do with this. And uh I think we're gonna talk about uh LeBron's uh, pent up anger a little bit later when we talk <laughs> about uh the Raptors. But yeah, I mean I do think it is quite a feat. It, it is impressive. I mean, and I only read like the 50 plus point performances like i think trey young went off for 40 something the other Mm -hmm. night and yeah there's that that whole other tier right yeah there's that whole other tier of 40 to 50 mediocre yeah just mediocre (laughs) they didn't make the list and that list is on nba.com so they didn't make the nba.com list Um, yeah that's not even like (laughs) my original list but uh yeah i it is interesting and also like uh something i noticed and it it has nothing to do with this but uh tonight you know thursday we're recording this on a thursday uh thursday night usually big night in nba basketball uh the pistons and the orlando magic are the only game tonight i kind of love that (laughs) because everyone's like ncaa march madness yeah more important like everybody's like weirdly tired this time of year yeah. but also there's so much at stake i know i know i mean that could still be one of the most exciting games of the season <laughs> i feel like <laughs> the conditions are right for it you know like who's going off for 50 50 points tonight yeah Cade? maybe Cade? Cade? terrence ross we'll see oh terrence ross is capable we know that yeah yeah. We all know Terrence Ross is capable if they give him the minutes. Um, yeah, who knows? I mean, honestly, watch me just like be watching a, a movie, something completely 
unbasketball related just give myself one night off and then suddenly you'll see on twitter like oh man terrence ross 55 points what 60 points maybe yeah probably that's how it always goes especially with those games you know and i think that feel like that probably fuels those games because that must be so annoying to those guys they're like nobody's watching this you know Mm. like they get mad they get lebron style mad (laughs) i mean like and both those teams are not in the playoff picture so there's just like I mean, I'm trying to think back to like old Raptor days when like we were not in the playoff picture. Like they would try to sell us on like personal growth and like setting, you know, making a statement for next season and, you know, storylines like that. But um, you probably like into. to get people at games. But I feel like that also worked better when like the Sprite Zone still existed. Oh, yeah. Because now you're, you're like this won't happen to the. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. For the Raptors, like they are in a playoff position i feel like and they will be but who wants to spend like two hundred dollars to watch like one of the last three games of the season with zero stakes yeah i mean that is really the downside to Mm -hmm. winning if there is a downside is you losing the sprite zone yeah yeah r.i.p sprite zone r.i.p sprite zone never forget (laughs) never forget um really went on a tangent there but i absolutely (laughs) love it um okay the other uh nba thing i wanted to talk about is this mvp race i feel like a lot of the other categories this year seem kind of i don't want to say locked but they feel a little locked like Mm -hmm. coach of the year most improved six man you know there's clear favorites in those categories but the MVP race this year, we have this nice Jokic versus Embiid battle. Mm. And uh, they played against each other on Monday night. I don't know if you got the chance to see that game or not. I, I It was quite exciting for two teams I'm not personally invested in. Um, but in this MVP battle, who's your pick? One thing I will say, though, first is like, I don't. It's funny that because it doesn't seem locked into me, but it also doesn't, it seems locked into people, to certain people, because I've also seen like a lot of stories or tweets or kind of mm. like rhetoric to be like, it's always been Jokic or like not even like Jokic or Embiid. Some people being like, before you got us, but being yeah. like, it's Steph or like, you know, it's going to be like, everyone is so sure <laughs> of the person that they're picking. Mm. It's like, this is a clear candidate for MVP. It's like, well, I guess everybody is, which isn't a bad thing. It's kind of like a nice, like plethora of riches i think for nba fans um the thing about like Jokic, why i like him the most for mvp is because he's like the one who kind of cares the least and probably wants it (laughs) the least you know what i mean like mb wants it and he like he 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 wants to kind of hang his hat on that accolade and i'm not saying he's not deserving of it but the appealing thing to me is that Jokic is just probably going to shrug if they like tell him, which is usually his reaction to kind of everything, right? <laughs> He's just like, all right. Or like, I, I don't know. It's not really such a big deal to me. I love that. <laughs> He's like the most like demure star who like doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really care about, I think, his stardom. Right. That's a big personal bias for me. Um <laughs> <laughs> I guess See, that's why I want him to win. <laughs> I am I am kind of um I don't know if I feel this way about people in real life, but mm-hmm. when I'm watching people, 
I love a try hard. Like I feel totally opposite. I love a try hard. I love someone who wants something so bad and they can't hide it. They can't mm-hmm. be cool about it at all. It's really annoying, but there's just something about that that I find very charming. It's like like RuPaul's Drag Race has this all the time. Like there's always that every season there's always at least one or two tryhards and they just can't shake how much they want to win and <laughs> I I love it. I find it so entertaining. But <laughs> Um, I do think between the two, I like Jokic more, but I don't, it's hard for me to decipher that between my own personal anti 76ers bias. You know what I mean? Like to me, the 76ers are just such villains (laughs) and I, and I don't think Embiid personally is a villain, but as a team, there's such villains that it's hard for me to like want him to get it because i mean the team record is almost identical um i don't have their personal stats in front of me because i'm not as professional as you katie but (laughs) i don't have them in front of me either i should have as i'm talking i'm like why didn't i do that Catherine? anyway um but i i just feel like i don't know what I what I was thinking to myself, you know, I I look at the Nuggets and I think mm-hmm. what Jokic is doing is almost even more impressive because of the lack of supporting cast around him. And that's yeah. kind of shady on my part. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's no Jamal Murray. There's no um, Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. And it's just but despite all of that they're still really winning games. And I yeah. guess you could say the same for Embiid. Like, you know, there's the Ben Simmons saga, blah, blah, blah. But I also feel like Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid were a part of throwing him under the bus that created that whole thing. They didn't want him. You know, Embiid came out and was like, yo, he's still our brother. We all know that was just propaganda. And I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like, I don't like it. Not that I'm like a, a a Ben Simmons, like, you know, rooting for him necessarily, but I just don't like the way all of that was handled. And it's just harder for me to root for him. And then they got James yeah. Harden. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, it's kind of what like draws me away from it is like in the end, I think Embiid and mostly Daryl Morey, like got everything they wanted, <laughs> right? Like in getting James Harden. Um, but to, to your point, like, earlier in the season and did like he was playing like like a, there was a fire kind of lit under him you know he was like playing in a completely different style than I think he had uh, in previous seasons it seemed like he'd really just committed like all right like if I have to go it alone that's fine I'll like expand my role as needed but the Jokic thing I think stands out more to me just because like he has been without Jamal Murray for so long and it's not you know and it's in a case of injury mm-hmm. um because I would say just with the way that that 76ers team was structured with Ben Simmons, it wasn't really like the two of them ever relied on each other anyway. Like they were always kind of in conflict in terms of like what their roles were or were supposed to be on the floor. Whereas like Jokic and Murray, they like they play so well together, you know, and like that team mm-hmm. was kind of crafted around them, that roster. So I think that Jokic has kind of like stepped up and into that role of just like, taking on a lot more uh and to a degree i think the leadership of that team that's a bit more impressive to me and to my earlier point the fact that he's just kind of like 
It's almost like he's just like, well, what else? What else was I supposed to do? (laughs) (laughs) Which I respect. That's true. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but there's a part of me that feels like the rest of the league, people who vote in this Mm -hmm. are not going to want to reward the 76ers. I think... For me personally, I'm such a anti-tanking person, and there might be enough people who are also on that bandwagon, mm-hmm. so to speak, that it's it's hard to reward it. Like it's one thing if they win games and they win a championship, then it's like whatever it is, what it is, right? But to reward it, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's just almost like, to, but to me, a counter to that is if you reward Please. it, will they? finally shut up about it i think no (laughs) you know what i mean like it's kind of like giving the kid like if you give a petulant child the thing that they want and are kind of throwing a temper tantrum about i don't know that it's actually going to help or if it will just embolden them you know what it's it's a good point i don't know it could swing either way i think you know and if anyone is listening who's a 76ers fan uh feel free to counter my point but wow, Not what a te- what a Not terrible mine. fan base! Yeah. What a terrible fan base! I'm sorry. Like, he, like, I I mean, I was talking a bit about this last week. People spending four thousand dollars to oh, yeah. boo. Yeah. Ben Simmons and he's not even playing. And then when I'm watching it, I'm like, you're not even booing him that hard. <laughs> Yeah, where they were kind of shy. Yeah, I was like, like kind of shy. Boo! You spent all this money to go there to boo this man, and it's so mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that, like, why I can't, like, I don't mind the booze. Like, get it out of your system, fair. But the thing with that whole situation and like saga, really now is like everybody got what they wanted. You know, like it wasn't really like in the. It maybe it took yeah, a yeah. little while, but like. The Sixers certainly didn't suffer. Like they're having a great season, you know. Yeah, like, it, yeah, I, I things completely got agree. Drawn out, but like in the end, Maury got his guy. Like James Harden theoretically has what he wants for. Well, remains to be seen, but usually it lasts about like a season and a half. Like his happiness. We'll see if it, there's more longevity here. Embiid got what he wanted, but Simmons got out. Thank God. Like I feel like it ended for how like tumultuous it was to start. It ended in the best case scenario and everybody got what they wanted. So I'm a little bit like, you know, you kind of get to boo once, but then you got to drop it. Right. But I don't think they will. (laughs) No, I don't think they will either. And I don't know if it's just like, (laughs) I don't know if this is just like my relationship with money, but for me, it's like to spend that much money. I know. Just to boo him is just, it's so wild to me. Like even like, okay. I got an email from Sephora as I do multiple times a day, as do many people. Yes. And uh, there was like an email like win, uh, enter a competition for a getaway worth $50,000. And I was like, I don't think I could enjoy a vacation that costs that much. Even if Sephora <laughs> was paying for it? No, because I'd be like, this, this, what a waste. 50 grand? 50 50 grand like spending 50 grand in like a week yeah 
I can't. Do it's that. Sephora's money. You know they're good for it. You yeah, know I know Sephora. Oh, I know. I know Sephora. Every time you it. go into a Sephora or you place an order online, you're like, oh, I just need this one thing. It's not what you end up. Getting. You know, yeah, like Sephora's <laughs> like a cult, and yeah. at this point, maybe they owe me. <laughs> yeah, they do owe you. <laughs> look at it like that. I gotta look at it like that because yeah. for me, I'm just like, wow. I mean, everybody's gonna listen to this and be like, wow, Catherine's really poor. No, I'm okay, but I just mean it's like just through your relationship to money. I think about it the same way. Yeah, pay thousand dollars. Paying four thousand dollars to boo someone is different than letting Sephora send you on vacation. Thank you. I needed that. I needed that little therapy. I'm glad we worked it out. (laughs) So enter that contest. Yeah, clearly I I opened that email before we started recording and I was just like, oh God, just giving me anxiety. I will say Sephora, the last thing about Sephora, I'll say they sent me a piece of physical mail yesterday. First I'd ever gotten from them. uh, And they were like, hot deals inside for you. Like, I guess I'll reveal my status. I'm a Rouge member. Oh, Big, big time. I'm a VIB. Okay. I don't know how I got up to Rouge. I think it was just probably in the days of CERB and the deep, deep pandemic. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's more than fair. Yeah. But it was like, here's a deal. Hot deals. La Mer. Like, I don't use La Mer products. Everyone who doesn't know, they're very expensive. But the hot deal was instead of $400, it was $380. <laughs> So I was like, this isn't a hot deal to me. So it's in the same vein as like the paying $4,000 for a ticket. It's not worthwhile. Yes, a thousand percent. Also, uh, La Mer, I saw on Instagram, hmm. apparently all the ingredients or at least I, I I just saw this on Instagram. Okay, so don't quote me like, like do your research. Every ingredient was the exact same as in Nivea oh. listed in the same order. Really? And and we're talking $400, $500 creams here. Going to look into that. Yeah. Going to look into that. Because a lot of these companies are owned by L'Oreal and yes. it's a whole, it's a yeah. whole thing. Scam anyway, market. We could, we could do a whole hour just on that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Embiid uses La Mer. You think? Yeah, I think so. I don't think Jokic uses anything. I don't think Jokic uses anything <laughs> at all. I, I don't. I, yeah. He probably dry shaves like when he shaves. Oh, too. my God. Which face cream belongs to which NBA star is like, that's an off season. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that. I would uh, love that so much. That. Who is who is the Neutrogena hydrogel of oh, the yeah. NBA? Who's like the, the Neutrogena girl? The Jennifer Garner? Like... Uh, <laughs> constantly getting the Neutrogena dollars um, oh my god <laughs> and who's That's like La Prairie or who's also doing K-Beauty I want to know who has a K-Beauty skin oh yeah 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 oh my god <laughs> okay love this future episode future deep August <laughs> <laughs> episode of this podcast Good. really tease it now give people yeah. something to look forward to I love it um when Casey Bannerman was on a few weeks ago and we were talking about what sandwich would go with what coach NBA coach. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we get to do a sandwiches coaches episode. Yeah. So if we're doing yeah. that, we can do face creams and players. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> this is 
the ridiculous I live for. Okay, we have one more topic before we get into Raptors. Um, looking at the bracket as it stands today on Thursday, March 17th, which as we know, it will not change by tomorrow because only the Pistons and Magic are playing tonight. Um, Katie, looking at this, uh, outside of the Raptors, mm-hmm. who are you looking forward to the most? In the playoffs? Yes. I'm going to even do bad podcasting and pull up, pull up the bracket. Please do. Please do. Okay. I think... I'm pretty excited to see the Heat uh, and the Bulls. Oh, yeah. I think just like Lowry and DeRozan. Yes. Uh, that's a given. Yes. I feel pretty sad for the Cavs. Um, just like <laughs> just like the injuries that they've had, you know, and yeah. like Jared Allen being out. I am vehemently against Jared Allen rushing back and opting not to do surgery. Uh, because he Is wants that to happening? Back. Yeah, because he wants to come back and play. And oh, to me, shit. I feel like... Yes, they're a very exciting team. It's super cool what they've been doing this season, but it's it's not it's not like it's, it this has to be the window, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they could I feel like he should get the surgery. You know, Pascal Siakam did the same thing. I mean, granted the Raptors season last season was much different than the Cavs season this season, but if you want to talk about just like career longevity and I think that that group that Cavs group is like they could do very well next season too. Like this doesn't just yeah, have they're to be the a window. young, very young team. Exactly. So I don't, I really don't like that. Um, so I guess that's opposite. That does not excite me. Fair. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see the Grizzlies, who kind of just like furiously, you know, like climbed up the West. Yeah. And see how far they can get into the postseason. You know, they are still a really young team. Um, that kind of stuff is always exciting to me. I think, you know, the Hawks had a bit like of this last season where it's like a young team where you don't, they don't necessarily know how far they should get, but that can kind of play in their favor because they're playing really without expectation, you know? Um, and like the Suns, because man, I really just want Chris Paul to win a ring like I really want him to win a championship and I think it's very wild and I wrote about this recently but just like the Suns are the best team in the NBA and nobody talks about them because they're just like stable and like very like work a day there's no drama you know like they're just Mm -hmm. but people aren't interested in that It's true. Well, I think there's been so much drama Mm -hmm. with so many other teams Mm -hmm. that it has kind of taken the spotlight away from them. I mean, even like the Heat have been number one in the East for a good chunk of the season. And I don't feel like people talk about them a lot either. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I just think there's just been a lot of distractions this year. Um, But I agree. I'm really excited to see the Grizzlies. I think my little like, you know, quote unquote hot take. It's not that hot, but (laughs) I think the Eastern Conference play in is going to be so much more exciting and so much more significant. Oh, yeah. Than the West, like looking at the East, you know, obviously the Raptors are in that mix currently, although that could change. 
um, between the Raptors and the Cavs. And we'll get into that shortly. Um, you have the Nets, the Hornets and the Hawks. And I feel like any of those teams are really capable of pulling up or pulling off mm-hmm. uh, an upset. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look at the West and it's the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Lakers and the Pelicans, I would be extremely shocked if the Pelicans or Lakers came out of the play in like mm-hmm. extremely shocked. Like I feel like um, the Timberwolves and the Clippers are just significantly more solid and I would be really surprised if they didn't win. Um, and also too, as far as playoff series, I'm really, I think the Grizzlies in the Timberwolves would be such a fun first round playoff it would. series. Yeah. It yeah. Would. Like, obviously I don't see the Timberwolves coming out of that, but man, that would just be really, really fun to see. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I think it's like those kinds of matchups that are really exciting to me because again, this is, I guess a little bit similar to last, like the last couple seasons, but seeing matchups that we haven't like historically kind of seen and the ones like you get really familiar with in the playoffs, like those have all been shaken up. I'd say, you know, definitely more in the East, but in the West too. Um, so I think that's probably what it, like actually excites me most mm-hmm. is, like for, with the postseason is just how kind of how explosive and like there could be some upsets. Not It's not like March Madness style, but like, you know, there could be some upsets. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I still think the league is generally pretty wide open. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There could be some upsets Um, with that. Let's move on to our Raptors Homer moment. So the Raptors are on a five game win streak, which has been so exciting and uh, completely puts me in emotionally different place than I was last week uh, <laughs> recording this. Uh, pretty sure I said last week's episode, I was like, I don't see the Raptors getting out of the play in. I was contemplating <laughs> losing against the Brooklyn Nets and then winning against Charlotte or the, or the Hawks and then facing Kyle Lowry in the Miami heat in the first round and dreading it. uh, Oh, so deeply Mm -hmm. this week, I'm looking at the Raptors and thinking, Oh, we could get out. We could get out of the play in and be the sixth seed and then face what would currently be the Sixers. Although that could change because those numbers are pretty close right now Mm -hmm. uh, in the first round. Anything that does not involve facing Kyle Lowry in the first round of the playoffs is very appealing to me. Um, how do you feel about the Raptors right now? And do you think they can escape the plan? I think so. I mean, they've definitely got some. I mean, we talked a little bit about Cleveland, but they've got some unfortunate factors like that on their side, right? Like that's just sort of the reality, I think, of this time of year in the NBA. We touched on that earlier, too. Um, but yeah, what a difference a week makes. I think last, yeah. you know, I still think I still stand by the fact that like, this is a developmental year, but definitely last week I was leaning like much harder on that. <laughs> it's like, a yes. justifier. Like, <laughs> just like, it's a developmental year. Like, don't, don't anybody get too hung up on these losses now, you know, like the West Coast road trips, I feel like were these kind of haunting, very scarring experiences historically. Uh, and now it's just like a walk in the park, breezy, easy, breezy, <laughs> a lot of fun. So I think it bodes pretty well. I'm with you. Like, I think the only matchup I do not want to see in the first round or frankly at all in the playoffs is against 
uh, Kyle Lowry Heat team. Uh, anyone else? I'm not that. I feel like the Raptors measure up to pretty well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we talked, like the Grizzlies would be tough. They're like an energetic, super rangy, really like fast and explosive team. But I think again, they're young. Um, they can be, you know, disrupted. I think the Raptors have some like guys that would be really good matched up against them. The Sixers, same thing. You know, I think the Raptors do continue to be a little bit of a bane of the Sixers' existence. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like for a lot of teams in the East, I think. Like, I don't know how deep into the playoffs, like the the imaginary playoffs, we want to get, but like. <laughs> um. I don't know. There's still something like it ever, if it worked out to be like, it, not in the, if it, if there worked out to be some matchup when it was like the Raptors and the Celtics, that would still bug me a little bit. I don't know right. if that's just like leftover uh, a fear, you know, from the bubble. Uh, yeah. I, I'll say this. I don't think the Raptors could be considered a favorite. Yes. In <laughs> any first round matchup against <laughs> any of these teams. I, I'm not as much of a homer that I could say they would be a favorite, but I would be emotionally in a better place <laughs> if we don't have to face the Heat yes. in the first round. Yeah. Um, I also do not want to face, I mean, Doris Burke went on a very nice, lovely tangent about how the Brooklyn Nets don't want to see the Toronto Raptors in a play-in. Mm-hmm. And I love Doris Burke, but I'm sitting here like I don't want to see the Brooklyn Nets in, in a play in either. You know what I mean? Not I, I do think, you know, with the way mandates are currently and currently being lifted, mm-hmm. it, it seems like Kyrie would likely be able to play. I, mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent on that, but it, it seems more and more likely that he would be able to play. Mm-hmm. So um I just think, like, yes, we would have another chance at it, but I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with Brooklyn. Am I crazy? No, like, I don't want to deal with Kevin Durant ever. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but I, yeah, the, the mandate thing is a good point because honestly, like, who knows how, like, if that will even last uh, in terms of, like, if that will be a Raptors advantage by the time the plan rolls around. I have no idea. What a weird thing to even be like talking about and considering but that's that's the reality that we're in um so yeah i don't i like that dora said that but i part of me feels like she was maybe just like amping i think doris loves nick nurse just as much as i do maybe more (laughs) (laughs) i think that's quite possible um yeah I, i do think like you know, the Raptors have earned enough of a reputation that mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you don't necessarily want to face us in a play. And, and I think that's really good for our team and for their confidence. But if we can get out of the play and obviously that would be incredible. They've already overachieved for me this season. Yeah, if I'm absolutely. being completely honest. I thought we would be in the lower b- bracket of this play in uh, going into the season. So they have already surpassed my expectations. I'm already really like proud of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not adjusting my expectations because they've exceeded them. If that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, I think like Scotty is obviously shown up and shown out. And to me, I'm like, yes, but he is still a rookie. 
you know, he still needs to learn the lessons of being in tight games, you know, closing out games, being in a playoff environment. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we need to give our team the opportunity to go through that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not rushing anybody along is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think that goes along with like, again, I really do think like this is a developmental year. That's why part of it feels so nice to me is because there's really no pressure and every good thing has felt like a bonus, you know, like has felt like a a really happy bonus. Um, And I think for you, I I understand for like a player like Scotty Solano, I think pressure's a Chua to a degree. Like you want to give these guys some playoff experience, like postseason experience, if you can, but be realistic, right. About like how far they should go and why, you know, like, because again, like the idea for this season is to kind of lock things in. And I think like get a better sense of what needs to be tweaked and adjusted over the summer mm-hmm. and then come back next season. And the fact that the team is already looking pretty complete and good, you know, there's things you want to add here and there and you want like guys to develop and work on in their like individual off seasons. But I think they're way ahead of schedule, right? For like you said it, like to where the expectation was in terms of where you thought the Raptors would end up, like be at this point in the regular season. I'm with you. Like I did not think they would be, you know, like burning up a West Coast, a very hard West Coast road trip, but Mm. they are. They're looking good. They look happy, which I think is like an important thing. They're relatively healthy, touch wood, like after a lot of, you know, ups and downs this season. I think they're in great shape. So I'm very like, this is a good thing. You know, like don't, you don't need to like push it unnecessarily. I know we want to win. That is what Masai said. And like, yeah, they want to win games, but like playing feels good. Playing feels like a good target. And then, mm-hmm. uh, like, recalibrate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Um, Past California became a thing this week. Uh, extremely delightful. Uh, truly all the feels. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really uh, what feels like a retaliation to the Lebronto years. <laughs> um i phrase this question as are you still traumatized i know you're not but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you can speak a bit about what past california has meant to you over these last few days i mean again i think it's good i think it's like more of a testament to like where the team is as a whole and also i think where pascal has kind of gotten to as an individual player as a leader i think more importantly like you know not I mean, LeBron's not necessarily – actually, no. LeBron James is still in a position to, like, fluster and make things difficult. The Lakers aren't. So, like, the hole that he's part of is not as uh, threatening or, like, scary as those Cavs teams were by any stretch. LeBron can still be. So I'm not traumatized, um, but I also think that's, like, part of a a player like Pascal's growth, right, where, like – you want him to get to a point where he isn't either. And like, he grows kind of past it. You can like recognize like, yeah, those years really sucked, but like, look what I've kind of grown into out of it. So it does feel like a nice, uh, like deliverance for him, especially this season. You know, it's like a season where he seems like he's definitely more at ease. He's playing a 
pretty joyful game. I'd say, you know, I think he's in a good place as a leader for like a, still a really relatively young team. When you look at all the new guys, um, I think it's good, man. And like, he always like Nick nurse said that, like, we like the sun. They, we know what it's like in Toronto in March after like a winter, yeah, you know, true. they're, they like the sun. They're happy to be out there. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I can't even blame them, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like the the return of Pascal Siakam has been a uh, deeply, deeply underrated storyline mm-hmm. this year, uh, not by Raptors fans, but by the NBA at large. Um, it's been incredible to watch. It's been deeply satisfying after the bubble and then last year's season, mm-hmm. um, which I really, truly want to block out of my memory forever. Um, to, to now have pro Pascal uh, propaganda like Pascalifornia is it's just so delightful. I, I truly, truly love it. And, you know, we, we mentioned it a bit earlier, but the LeBron James temper tantrum against the Raptors felt a little personal in my opinion I think he is used to dominating the Raptors he's used to the Raptors always being there and him shutting them down I don't think LeBron James can personally handle a blowout by the Raptors potentially I mean I think uh, a lot of it is also like he's not having a great season no of course not I mean they're a lot built up to that moment but I'm like I think this is especially hard for him. There's some pent up tension, but you're right. Like maybe he thought like, all right, you know, this team's really not, this team's been trash, but like at least we can get a win out, you know, on the Raptors. Um, I think to me, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's funny because there's like something that's a bummer about it. I think especially in that game uh, when he like tried to murder Scotty Barnes with a basketball (laughs) It's like, you gotta... Yeah, that was really rough. I know what he was trying to do, theoretically. But also, like, if you're trying to inbound it off of someone, you also had, like, three of your own teammates that were wide open that you could have more easily passed it to than, like, turned your body, like, much farther than you had to. Look down, see where Scotty Barnes was, angle the ball down with, like, such, you know... Force, yeah. Force. Poor Scotty Barnes, man. Like, poor Scotty Barnes to, like, be a rookie in that situation. And, like, I think he even said, he's like, you know, LeBron's been in the league since I was, like, born. Like, to be playing, to be playing with someone, like, against someone like LeBron in the first year, you know, of, like, your NBA career. And, like, to have something like that happen. And you can't really react to it, right? You got to kind of walk, walk it off a little bit. So, I don't think that, I didn't, I don't really like to see that side of maybe LeBron's like meltdowns and kind of outbursts. And the fact that he wasn't available, I think for media afterward, didn't really like that he either. Wasn't? No. Oh Cause God. I wish I wanted somebody to ask him about that specifically. I know like guys are tough on rookies, but that felt that's, that's why we need you in there. Kate. We need you when they're asking him those questions. <laughs> that just felt like very poignant and like targeted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wonder, I wonder, um, I, I don't necessarily see that. I think when he went to the Lakers, LeBron thought I he would stay there. Like that would be the kind of natural that end to his end, career. Yeah. yeah, and like a very winning end. 
I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't know where he would go, but uh, I don't think I he's mean, so and, hung up and, on staying. And he hinted as such during the All Star yes. weekend. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a whole thing. We could go on and, and on about the Lakers for yet another hour after we talk about face creams. But <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was. I actually went to, I, I did not stay up for the game on one of those. Like, I went to bed. Um, people, I did too, man. So I didn't, I can't, see, I can't I didn't see the elbow on Pascal until the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another one. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. That's why I'm like, you know what? This is like a little extra personal for him that it's against the Raptors, yes. in my humble opinion. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's rough and it's not, it's uh, that was not fun to watch if you're a, a LeBron fan. Um, Let's move on, Katie, to our Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week, which is a somewhat loved and somewhat loathed uh, segment (laughs) at times. Uh, Nick Nurse hosted a coaching summit this past uh, Sunday. Mm -hmm. It was free. uh, It was online. It was a few hours. Um, Katie, I have a confession to make. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. It was like during during and i missed it oh so i thought you were it like was like it watching was like and you fell asleep i yeah i was watching it oh because it started at like nine in the morning and it was like or like 9 30 or something i think they started late and then it was like daylight saving so i'd already like lost that hour yeah and rough. it was like all the assistants god bless them talking you know you're all fun you're all great just not the star of the show for me and and I fully fell asleep. I don't think I heard a single word Nick Nurse oh, had to say. Isn't that brutal? Oh, I mean, I can. I'm sure he said a lot of great stuff. Daylight savings messing with everybody. So I feel <laughs> you. Um, yeah, who knows what he said? I guess. I mean, you'll never know until next next coaching. He does those every year, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. But it used to be more like four coaches. Mm-hmm. And it used to be more like specific to that and now he's kind of opened it up for like the general public so it's like probably not as like hard coaching advice as it would have been in the past right because you used to have to like be a coach to go and like you have like a i don't know some sort of like a registration thing but yeah i missed i I missed it i'm sorry thank you don't beat yourself up about it though (laughs) I'm sure it's online somewhere too. If you really want to rewatch it, you know what? I've not, I have not looked it up. Somebody may have recorded it. A hundred percent, somebody did. Yeah, but anyway, at least it was nice that he did it. They were on the road and they did it anyway, and that's nice. I did. I didn't know if you were going to ask me for a Nick Nurse moment, so I did actually think of one this oh, time. Oh, please tell um, me. I really liked it when he called out the Clippers media. He was like, "What did he say? Something like." Um, have you guys picked who you're gonna try and steal? Uh, like in the off season, and then he, he was like, that? "Please stop doing that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Katie, I thought that was pretty, pretty sassy. That is so sassy. <laughs> and that's oh like, oh my god, I feel the same way. I also feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Except they traded Surge. Yeah, they did, but they got they like, got Norman. But they have Norm now. Yeah. So yeah, they they are obsessed with our with they our are. team. They're obsessed. Um. Wow. I love that he said that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that is quite sad. I guess you know we win five games in a row. You're feeling yeah, you're extra, feeling you're feeling sassy. Extra cocky, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Katie, that has been our episode. Thank you so, so much for joining me. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, all over. So I guess the easiest place to find the work that I do, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at whatevs, W-T-E-V-S, or as you mentioned earlier, you can read Basketball Feelings. Uh, you can listen to the Basketball Feelings podcast, and that's at basketballfeelings.com. Uh, thank you so much. And you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Thanks so much. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.